Hey guys, welcome to NARPS, the podcast about exploring the nuances of black womanhood and life after collegiate sports. Together, Jazz and Camille exercise a little bit less and adult a little bit more. How do NARPS make friends? Hi everyone, I'm Camille and welcome to another episode of NARPS. Hello y'all, it's Jasmine. And today we'll be talking, our question is, how do NARPs make friends? So for the warm-up today, we're going to delve into it a little bit um, about what we're really talking about. Because (laughs) when I first introduced this topic, Camille and I had a little back and forth. We did. Because in my mind, when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking very loosely, like, how do NARPs make friends? Like, how do we meet new people? Like, how do we enter into new situations? And I clearly took it too serious. I was like, do you got friends or do you got followers? Do you know the difference? So She's like, I don't have many friends. And I was like, me either, but I didn't mean it that way. So, well, because <laughs> I took it as like, I don't know, friends to me is a strong word. I feel like it's overused and underused, and I feel like it's a loaded question and can be vague at the same time. So it depends on who you're talking to. But after we briefed it out, we talked about it, I feel like that's why it's perfect for the warm-up. So what, what do you what qualifies a friendship for you or like how do you make friends okay so there's levels to this okay definitely i I don't call everybody my friend i have lots of people that i know and lots of people that i would hang out with but you still call them your friend but you within yourself you've distinguished who's a friend friend and who's a friend yeah okay so it's like i have my friends and then i have people that are close to me and those are different things because you have friends for different things i have friends for different things but also just like I know a lot of people, I'm very social, and I don't like to classify, like, people that are strangers as, like, stra- like you know what I'm you, saying? So you call strangers friends? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kind of. Which it's is within fine. Within reason. It's just so like, because acquaintances like, doesn't roll off the tongue. Well, because it's like, if I'm hanging out with you, we're clearly more than an acquaintance, but you're also not somebody that I'm going to just, like, tell everything to. Okay. So there has to be, like, an in-between for me. And there's just no word for that in between, so we just call everybody friends. Yes. Okay, see? That's all I needed. (laughs) So that's where it's at for me. So it's like when I'm thinking of friends, it's like I have lots of people that I would hang out with Mm -hmm. for different reasons. I have lots of people that pour into my life in different ways, but I only have like three, four people that I'd be like, nah, these are like the homies. Like, these are my people. Like, these are the people that I would really ride for. And I guess, honestly, y'all, full transparency, that's probably what gets me in trouble a lot because of my definition being different the definitions of other people. I agree. Because other people think that I'm their friend friend. Correct. And I'm like, baby, I never told you that. <laughs> and that's, th- I, I think a lot of people are coming to that realization that like, you think, because they called you their friend, they think that's the general universal definition of a friend. Like, your buddy. You're like, uh-uh. But yeah, you're my buddy. Like, we're cool. Girl, bye. They're thinking that you are their friend friend. Okay, well that's on them. I never told them that. <laughs> So maybe I just don't, I've never, I'm not like a, ooh, you're my friend type of person They your friend with a, with a W. Yeah, I just don't know what the, they're my pal. Like, That's I don't what I'm know. saying. I think a lot of people overuse there's no friend word. because there's no word before that. It's like, you know, when you're dating and then you're a boyfriend or yeah. girlfriend, like there's no dating word for friend. So exactly. So I, I date <laughs> hella people. That's your but friend. But that don't mean that we're in a relationship. Fair. Okay. That's all I needed. Clarity. Does that make sense? Clarity. Okay, so maybe, so I guess throughout today's episode, we're going to talk about the distinguishing things between those two, because 
like I said, I'm very social. You're like we're very different people mm-hmm. as well. So it's like the way that we would classify things is very different because I meet people everywhere I go, and I talk to everybody. I don't like that many people though. Yeah. But I can see how people would perceive my personality. It's like, oh, she's my friend. But it's oh, like, yeah. I didn't say that to you. <laughs> like, I don't know why you think that. I'm mad for all the people that really think that they're your friend friend. And you they know that they're not, not my friend friend because when they text me, I don't answer. Ooh, you quickly chill. learn. And it's not even like a shade thing. It's just like, I don't know. Like, we hung out one time. Like, why do you S- think? Because that's how some people are. Like, they hang out with you once. They meet you in a group once, and they're your friend, or they want to be your friend, so, like, they want to engage with you that way, but No, I clearly. get it, but that's just not the way I move, and I apologize, honestly, to anybody that thinks that we rock like that, but, like, chances are you know, because if you're my person for real, I will respond to you, and if you're not, I'm just not pressed. And you will be able to, and it's not even as, like, a, an aggressive not pressed, it's just, like, there's a few people that I will answer from. Camille, if you call me, if Keisha calls me, if Chloe calls you me. You shouldn't name names like here. Christi- Don't name no, names. No, I'm going to name Christina calls me. <laughs> if Hunter calls me. If you my people from... Y'all know who you are. You know because I answer you. And if I don't answer you, then you're not my friend. And it's okay. I'm going to just leave it as she said what she said. I said what I said. And I think there's friends, F-W-E-N-D-S, and then there's friends. If I delete your and comment you, on Instagram. <laughs> you got a lot of friends. Which I don't think that there's... I, people get offended by that. And it's not even meant to be, like, an offensive thing. Like, it's just, like, it is what it is. I'm warmed up, honey. Okay, so let's get into the workout. <laughs> so today we're honestly going to talk about these distinctions that had to be made, but through athletics in the sense that, like, I didn't really know how to make friends like that. I was really shy, actually, when I first got to school. But I didn't need to make friends because I had 100 teammates that mm-hmm. had to be my friend. Correct. So let's talk about the distinction between... A friend, like a genuine friend. So now we're going to take away my definition and get into like what it means to be a genuine friend. Yes. So the distinction between a genuine friend, somebody that you can call on, somebody that you can rely on, somebody that's going to ride for you, and someone that pours into your life the same way that you pour into theirs. Someone that's there when it's inconvenient for them. Yeah. A real friend. A real friend. Not my, <laughs> not my people. Right. <laughs> a real friend versus a teammate. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think it's a tricky place to be because, like you said, you already come to college compared to everybody else at mm-hmm. your university. Like, you already have a built-in crew Facts. that you now have to work through and figure out who's your friend friend and who's, like, just your teammates that you show up practice, pass me the baton, and let's go home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like it's important to know the difference because a lot of times we're taught as athletes to have this group mentality, like one for all, all for one, and you may not like your teammates. That is a fact. So it's hard to ride for people that you don't like personally, but it's like you still have to find the balance because at the end of the day you need them and they need you to co- like complete the goal of whatever you're trying to accomplish. And I, that reflects life, but yeah, I just think it's, you may have friends for different things. like. When I was in college, I yeah, I had friends on my teams, but I had I think I had friends. I didn't have <laughs> friends. Um, cuz you're with them all the time, but like I don't think if we were if we weren't on the same team, we would not be around each other. That's a fact. So like that's just kind of how I looked at it. Like we have to be here. I enjoy spending time with you. Like this is my time with you in college, but like do I talk to any of those people now? No. And it's no bad blood, at least on my end. Like I just know who my friends are. What about you? I would agree with that. I think that, like, we're taught 
so much like you gotta ride you gotta ride you gotta ride to the point that it can put you in some inappropriate and bad situation especially on a track team y'all track is the only co-ed sport so when you have men and women and a hundred people together. total practicing yeah. together you're around each other all the time you're traveling together lots of things happen and I found myself very often being like, I don't even like y'all. Like, why am I doing all of, like, what are y'all doing for me? And not that that should be the basis of your friendship, but relationships are supposed to be reciprocal. And so it's just like, I'm doing this for you because we wear the same uniform and I don't even like the school we go to. So what am I doing this for? And it really makes you kind of question the depth of your relationships because you're just like, what are we doing? And it, and it causes you to build this false sense of loyalty to people. Facts. Based on, you know, these ideologies that you've been taught that it's like, it's your teammate. Like, it doesn't matter what. It, yeah, you have an unrealistic bond. I remember we used to have team meetings and they'd be like, yeah, like, you know, if anything's wrong, like, you guys can reach out to any of us. And it's like, I don't know you. I'm not reaching out to you. I don't know who you are. Because <laughs> you got the same uniform as me. I'm supposed to just talk to you about the deepest, darkest secrets that I... I don't know who you are. But I think... Because we were brought up in this environment, then when you transition out of that, it's difficult to distinguish relationships with people because you're like, now, this is where I get in trouble because now people that were my teammates are expecting that same level of ridership when we're not on a team anymore. Right. And now you've graduated and you guys are different. And even to the point where like, and of course, like there's different levels of, you know, athleticism and like you achieving your goals and even D1, D2, but at least on the D1 level, like a lot of athletes, whether they were your teammate or not, or you made friends on other teams, like now that you've graduated, some people are in the league now, some people are here. Like, I think it's challenging just for anybody to make friends, but like this new level of intimacy where you can see what people are doing all the time and in their sports, like you're sharing so much and people feel connected to you, people feel invested in you, and then it's like, you yourself can't tell who's really your friend and who just really likes you for what you do and not Definitely. who you are. And so I think that's why it's so easy to cling on to these relationships then because you're like, well, they did the same thing as me, so they get it. Mm -hmm. But it's like friendships, as you get older and as you progress, become much deeper than that. Now for me, you know, if I'm quantifying my friendships. It's like, are you going to be there for me when it's inconvenient for you? And that's one of the biggest questions that I ask because lots of people are going to be there when they can. Or when things are good. Or when things are good. But it's like, when it's super, super, super inconvenient for you, are you going to show up for me? Or what about the times where, okay, here's the flip of that. What about, have you ever had a teammate that y'all wasn't sitting on the bus together, y'all definitely wasn't standing next to each other in the line, you wasn't going to save her some water, but, like, they can come through for you and the person that's supposed to be, well, the person that you expect to be there in an inconvenient time isn't. Definitely. I don't know where to go with that, but I definitely have. And that's what, it makes you then question the depth of your relationships. Or just this, like, it can be, well, I guess I just brought it up because sometimes, like, you have an idea with who you would uh, automatically bond with or who you would immediately, like, mesh with. And it's sometimes the person that you're not even thinking about or would consider, like, being an actual genuine friend to you. And, I mean, I've had friendships like that um, from college where, like, I didn't think me and that person would be friends outside of college, but we are. And people that I were was pouring into at the time, hoping that we would still be friends, we're not. So. And I think you also get that that side of it where it's like people ride for you that you don't even know sometimes, and that's in any situation. Yeah. And so I think there, then you open up the conversation of just like just genuine people, 
um, that are just doing things in quiet because it's right. Yeah. And I think that can be different and that can be easily like misconceived or misconstrued as like you're being a friend because you are being a friend. Like you're doing friendly things, but like, I don't know. I don't know if that's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if the, the person that was quietly in the corner doing the genuine things is still someone that you consider a friend or if you just consider them as someone that's just like genuine genuine and that is standing up for what is right um because you can be there for somebody on the street that doesn't make true, you a friend exactly and i don't think just because you do a nice gesture or vice versa that that automatically means that you're friends or now you have to be invested in each other but i'm just i guess i brought it up to say that you can have that experience with anybody and you don't know where it's coming from so on some level, at least be open. Definitely. To the people that you don't think you would be open to in the first place. Exactly. And I think being an athlete, too, we get into this conversation of creating real genuine connection because you're so used to people approaching you a certain way. And especially at you know a school like UCLA, it's a really big school, and having the coveted backpack is a really big deal. And so the way that people approach you, the way that people speak to you, whether you're a revenue generating sport or not is different like the way that I would interact with somebody that wasn't an athlete was very different was very different and they would make it a point to be like oh you're an athlete like you do this you do that yeah their eyes open up and so it's difficult when you get out into the quote-unquote real world I don't really believe in that saying because every world you live in is real but the quote-unquote real world (laughs) um, it's like you still find yourself questioning people that you haven't been around before because you're like are they going to treat me differently because of this perception of who they think that I am? Right. Um, and I think that's it, it has it, it's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you go into situations as an athlete with a little bit of arrogance because you're like, I was an athlete, so they're probably going to treat me different because I'm an athlete. And then when they don't care, then you have no idea what to talk about. So here's the next segue. <laughs> How do you feel or what's your distinct, distinction between friends and followers? Because I feel like you go into a very high-profile school and just the expectations of athletics and success and things that come with that, I do think a lot of athletes hide behind the idea of, like, you're already going to get that type of attention. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have to work for genuine friends. And at the time, if you're doing well, like, you don't really care. But let you do something, you know, mess up or have a, a bad game, like, it's a completely different experience. But And then on top of that, adding it into being a very being in a very social media world where that is where a lot of people put their energy in terms of attention or socializing with people like how have you been able to navigate that space because it is different um I think that my perspective on social media and everything is a little different than other people's I think a lot of people look to social media as their primary form of connecting with people I think that social media serves as like a good way to like it's a supplement. Yeah, it serves addition. as a good way to to keep up with what people are doing, but I don't ever feel like I know somebody because what they see on their Instagram. Versus I've had people come up to me and tell me that they know me from things that they see on my Instagram. I'm like, "Baby, I don't know what you're talking about, but you don't know me at all. And you're not entitled to me because you follow me on Instagram." And so when I'm making these distinctions, a follower is somebody that can replace you with somebody else. In that, like, but genuinely. So it's like, you follow me because you like this, you like that, whatever. If I post one thing that you don't like, you're going to unfollow me and just follow somebody else. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, a friend is not, to me, someone that I would consider a genuine friend isn't replaceable in that capacity because you bring something to me that I didn't have before you got here. You pull something out of me 
that I never seen before. You gave me a perspective, something new that I hadn't experienced. And that's very different than following somebody and keeping up with somebody and just like hanging out with somebody on some just like cool stuff just because of whatever. That's very different than being able to connect with somebody on that level. Yeah. And I'm asking you because, you know, I'm not, and I feel like that's where we differ, but at worst, it's like, I'm not a big social media person. I just genuinely don't care for it. Um, but just putting on my administrator hat, I've, exp like, you were my student athlete at the time, so I've seen the other side of it where these successful student athletes really don't have a genuine, trustworthy person that they can confide in with their fears, with their experiences, with just anything that they're going through. And oftentimes you see the administrators being that support for them that they don't really have because they can't tell who's a friend and who's a follower. I think though, as an athlete, you have to take responsibility at some point. And so within this realm, obviously we talk all the time about these systems that are created to, to stifle the athletic you know, mind, to stifle the mind of the athlete and all these things, which I totally agree with. But at some point you need to use your head and look around and if you don't have any friends, you need to put yourself in new situations. But, okay, for, I, I agree, but I don't think that's going to work in the cases of, let's say, let's just use basketball and football plays just because they're more high profile and those sports get a lot of attention. I don't think, like you said, social media is a double-edged sword or the visibility, the access that people now have, whether it works in the athlete's favor or not. But the double-edged sword of that is now people constantly have access to you whether you want to see it or not whether you go on red or not you can report it unfollow whatever people will find you like i remember having athletes where if they lost the game people will write the most disgusting things 100 percent. and there's no way around it like of course you don't have to go on social media you don't, but like you said we live in a very connected world where it's hard for you not to see it or hear it or your friend's gonna say something about it and they know you like it's just there's it's inevitable to completely block it out but I just hope people find a good friend because followers are fun for now. But I think, like I said, a lot of that still goes back to the athlete and their development and their relationship with social media. Like, I think that athletes will not admit it. Athletes love attention. Oh, for sure. And they're not going to say it out loud, but they love attention. Yeah. And they love the good attention and they love the bad attention because people are paying attention. Mm. Because at the root of it, as we talked about, a lot of athletes' identity is directly related to their sport. Right. So if you're getting attention for your sport, you thrive off of that attention. And a lot of athletes know if they're in bad situations. Not all of them do. But, like, you got to use your head a little bit. Like, you know if you're in a bad... Like, you know that this girl that just randomly came up to you at the party isn't just like... Red flag. She didn't think that you were just a genius and she wants to help build up your... <laughs> She doesn't. And you're seven feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> and she's slurring her words, and she just thinks you're the most beautiful person she's ever seen in the life before. But she's right. never actually seen your face because you have a helmet on. <sighs> she comes up to you says, number 77. Like, and dudes are groupies, too. Dudes do the same thing. Like, hey, bro, saw your game last night, bro. Da-da-da-da-da. We should hang out, bro. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's easy to distinguish, like, yeah, this person isn't rocking with me like that. But you need to use your head and think situationally, what situation am I in? I'm at a party, I'm out with a bunch of people, I'm wearing my stuff. Like, if you want different people to be around, you have to put yourself in different situations. Or not wear your gear all the time. 
And so it's like, I get it because I know that the NCAA purposely isolates student athletes from other people. It is a very, if no one told you today, let me be the person to let you know, you are purposely isolated from other people as a means to get you to focus on whatever you have to do. However, now that you have that knowledge, it is your responsibility to say, okay, let me make an active effort to put myself in other situations to be around different people. You and the whole offensive line hanging out together. 24-7, sending, yeah. I agree. Like, And you're confused as to why people are coming approaching you a certain way. You wear your bag, you wear your shirt, you wear your sneakers. Like, I find it <laughs> so funny. And not even funny, it's quite sad. Like, there's so many athletes that buy so much clothes that they do not wear because they still end up wearing their gear, whether it's out of convenience or, like you said, you don't admit that you don't feel comfortable in your regular clothes because... Your identity as an athlete is prohibiting you from really making... And on that level, I'll agree with you there. Like, it really can hinder you at some level to really make those genuine relationships and friends. Like, college is a one-in-a-lifetime experience. So you'll never get these four years, three years, one year back, depending on your sport. And I guess I hope this will help people distinguish it if they don't. And really go outside of your spaces and places that you're comfortable to really make friends. Because... I'm sure there's a lot of athletes that look back and they don't got no friends. Well, real life, real life situation for myself, or real life example, I'll use myself. As an athlete, because this is not just a football, it's not just basketball. As a yeah. track athlete, I did the same thing. I would go places with my teammates because my teammates made me feel comfortable because they understood what I was going through. Mm -hmm. Because they understood the unspoken rules of being an athlete. However, again, I, would, I tried to put myself in new situations to meet people, but I was still identifying myself only as an athlete. Mm -hmm. So when you only identify yourself as an athlete, you cannot be upset when other people only identify you as an athlete as well. Yeah. Because that's all you think of yourself too. Yeah, you think about your experiences, you think about your traumas, you think about this, you think about that. But you, when you are speaking to people, are only talking about practice, you're only talking about your coaches, you're only talking about the meet that you have coming up, you're only talking about your teammates, you're only wearing this bright blue with this big ass gold <laughs> over the front of it. Like, you are unintentionally identifying yourself solely as an athlete as well. Yeah. Being like, an athlete is not like being black. Like, those are not, the, it's not the same, they're not yeah. synonymous. Yeah. And so it's like, you can take that identity off. You might be big. I don't think people know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think, I wouldn't say people don't know. Like, but in the space, even though we are saying, like, you don't like the idea of saying, like, the real world versus, like, this vacuum that people and student athletes live in. Like, it really is a vacuum. And if everybody's doing, they're all looking at each other for answers. Exactly. Like, we're all going to wear our same stuff. We're all going to hang out. Because there's, it's a buffer. It's an understanding of a common experience that you guys have but you don't realize that you're kind of like shooting yourself in the foot because like you said nobody's going to expect more from you if that's all you all that's, that's all, all you, you present to the yeah. world yeah and so it's like you're mad on your instagram that everybody's talking about you being an athlete all of your pictures are of you as an athlete correct what are people supposed to think about you if this is the only thing that you present about yourself and that's a hard like a tough pill to swallow because we live in this world where you know, we always want to be defined by something. We always want to be defined by something. And, yeah. and we want to, we are who we hang out with. And it's difficult when you're only around athletes to perceive yourself differently. Yeah. But if that's the only way you, you present yourself to the world, that is the way that the world is going to look at you. And obviously there's going to be characteristics. Like even still, I don't identify myself as an athlete. People ask me what sport I played, whatever. That's always still going to be with you, but you can make the conscious choice 
as to whether or not you're going to acknowledge that in every situation because you know what comes with that. Yeah. I know when I tell somebody that I ran track at UCLA, I'm going to get a story about how they ran track in the seventh grade. I know. <laughs> so I, I know when I project certain information, the responses <sighs> that I'm going to get back. Yeah, or just people trying to relate. You're right, and I feel like regardless if it's sports or debate like it doesn't matter what it is like if people feel invested in you they'll always try to relate to you but I guess it goes back to the point like that's why it's important to have other identities and other things where you feel comfortable enough to explore yourself in that way because if not you'll pigeonhole yourself without even knowing it so in answering the question how do narps make friends like (laughs) narps make friends by entering into new spaces yeah narps make friends by trying to explore other facets of their identity and presenting that first, because it took a really long time for me to stop presenting my athletic trauma as who I am. Same. A really long time, and I'm still working on it. I feel like I definitely got that part secure now, but it was definitely a certain part in my athletic career and being at UMass that I had to realize, like, I got to make other friends, like, outside of sports, because at least in my experience, I was struggling a lot on the field, and it was frustrating, and... I didn't always feel comfortable going to my teammates as a as a reason of support. Because it's like, you don't want to be the person that's like, I'm not doing good, how can I fix it to your teammates that are doing well or doing just as bad? Like, it just doesn't always work that way. Um, but I found friends in my major. I found friends in other things that I like to do. And luckily, my the community, at least the black community at my school, is really small. So, and they actually did stuff. Like, we actually did parties, and people actually hung out with each other. I was known as Track Camille, but, I mean, that's... Like you said, you people define you by what you do if they don't see you doing anything else. So, so when you're exploring and, and you're trying to identify kind of these different things and who you are and who you want to be, even rather, it's really important to just go meet somebody that doesn't know who LeBron is or doesn't care. Right. Go meet somebody that didn't watch the Super Bowl game. Go meet somebody that didn't care about the Olympics. Because I think also subconsciously, us as athletes, we devalue people if we don't think that they know what we're know are yeah. in the know of what we have going on. That's a really quick distinguishing thing. I'm on y'all head today. Like that, let me talk <laughs> I'm just trying, I'm like, I'm trying to ease it off because I'm like, damn. Let me talk about it. Because athletes, I think it's really easy and I because we are put in situations where we are disenfranchised and undermined, it's really easy to just, like, take the bait and be like, yeah, it's all of these other things. Nah, it's y'all too. It's me too. It's you too. It's everybody too because we get caught in this system. And they baby us. Let's not get around it. Like, they baby us. And we like to be babied. Like, why work hard when you're going to do it for me? Why show up when you're going to FaceTime me? Like, (laughs) you're not going to work hard or do anything or put yourself out there if, it's convenient for you not to. And so when you're making friends with other people, you need to be just as invested in the things that they have going on as you want them to be invested in you. So as the athlete, you didn't want them to look at you as just the athlete. They don't want to be looked at as just a student. Are you talking to them about what they're doing outside of or school? Or just your sidekick, because there's a lot of people okay being your sidekick. Are you talking to them about what their dreams are? Or do you just want them to sit around and, and praise you because... You ran fast this weekend, and you got your little PR or whatever. Yeah. And a lot of friendships work like that. 
that's not how it works in my in my world. <laughs> like in my house. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it works in my world. And it shouldn't be how it works in your world because friendships are supposed to be reciprocal. But you only get out what you put in. So stop projecting to everybody else what you think. They how they should be treating you. Why don't you look at how you're treating them? Because did you ask them how their day was going? Or were you just complaining about how your calf hurt? Did you, you know, invite them to go out to eat? Or were you just hoping that they would bring the food to you? Mm. You know, it's so it's Did like, you give them gas money? Or did you just, or did you just take their yeah, car? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just took your car, friend. Like, <laughs> and so it's important to look at those <laughs> distinctions. So now it's like you ask these questions as a NARP outside of athletics currently. Like, where do you meet new people? In LA? I meet people at coffee shops. I'm the type of person, though, I talk to anybody. I meet people in coffee shops. I meet people through social media all the time. I'm not the type of person that's going to sit around and just talk to you on Instagram, though. Like, we can hang out if you live around here or FaceTime or something. But that's the biggest way I think that people meet each other now. Yeah. And just don't be weird about it, either. Well, I don't meet people online. (laughs) I think that's scary. But I do meet people through other people, work. Mutual friends is a big one. Mutual friends. We both just graduated school, so a lot of people you just meet through school or like friend of a friend. Like I'm social in that way. I'm still I gotta figure out the internet part, but for the most part, that's how I meet people: coffee shops, working out, being active outside the beach. Just, you have to do stuff to meet people. You, you can't just sit in your house. You did. So, um, what are your, I guess, cool down? Okay, so tips. for the cool down, I have some tips on making friends. So one, not everybody is for you, so you can't feel some type of way when somebody's not for you. You're not going to be somebody's best in every situation, and that's okay. So you got to learn how to compartmentalize the people that you're with. It's like, these are the people that I can call on for this. These are the people that I can call on for this. These are the people that I do this with and this with. And that's okay. It's okay to have different distinctions in different friend groups because those are, are representative of the different elements of who you are. Um, and the other one is watch your friends and watch the people that are closest to you because they're a reflection of you. So if you see somebody that you're moving with and they ain't moving and right. they're not moving right, not if they just made a mistake one time, but if it's a pattern of behavior of them just wilding or doing just weird stuff, you got to look at that because that's how you're going to turn. That's what you're going to turn into. You got to be, you know, cognizant of that. And three, take your gear off. <laughs> take it off. Not take your gear off. Take your gear um, off. I only have one thing to add, and that would be, like you said, you need to qualify your friendships. And I call them friendship memberships. Got it. You got a day pass. Like, you got to, you know, if Costco makes you sign up for their membership, you should do the same thing for your friends. That's Some people are a day pass. Some people are a week pass. Some people have a seasonal pass. And some people have a lifetime membership. Figure out who fits in what categories. Some people are in your life literally just for a season, just for a day. But, and that's okay. And that's okay. You just got to figure out who is who because you don't want to have an expired relationship that you're still holding on to. So That was a bar. So in closing, y'all, get your <laughs> subscriptions ready. <laughs> Free 99 yeah. No, it costs to be my friend. Okay? <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will talk to you so soon. Have a great rest of your day. Peace. Peace out.